Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Samuel. We are up to chapter 10, that is Shmuel Bet Perak Yud. The, uh, this chapter is um, kind of the end of a section, the section which is uh, the David HaMelech, King David's ascent to the high point of his career as a king. Because in chapter 11, we begin to uh, feel things start to unravel with some very major episodes in which David's very um, monarchy and role as a leader uh, was severely called into question and almost uh, completely uh, took everything apart. And obviously we'll get there, but that starts in 11. <coughs> so today is kind of... We've been going uphill. We're kind of at the top of the hill. <coughs> and um, <coughs> as soon as uh, David starts acting that way, trouble begins. And uh, we'll, we'll read that as it develops. So over here, Vayhi Cain, and it was after the events that we previously mentioned where David had fulfilled his promises to the family of Saul and the family of Jonathan, <coughs> supported their remaining descendant, um, David had uh, secured significant um, victories uh, from the surrounding areas. <coughs> He's now, for the most part, at peace. Um, so an event occurred in a neighboring nation, the nation of Ammon. And important to note that Ammon is a uh, culturally related nation to the people of Israel. Um, they were... Um, uh, neighbors. However, when the Israelites, and this is recorded in the Torah and mentioned in Deuteronomy, the verse, lo vatam, not to, and lo Hashem, because when the Jews were wandering through the desert, and when the Israelites were wandering through the desert, they, um, they uh, asked uh, the people of Ammon to pass through their land uh, peacefully in order to reach their ultimate destination, which is Israel. The people of Ammon refused to allow that. And uh, God said, because of their behavior, not to allow the people of Ammon to intermarry with the Israelites forever and also never to, to try to make peace with them in the sense, not to try to make peace in the sense they weren't, there was no command to destroy them or evict them from their land as there was with the nations living in Canaan. However, there was a command not to uh, create alliances with them. Do not um, create alliances with them. So uh, many commentaries view what we're about to read this episode <coughs> as David um, uh, violating that, um, that command that was given directly from God not to create alliances with them. It's not 100% clear from this chapter, and I'll show you why, that David is actually creating an alliance with them, but he's certainly trying to create peaceful relations with them, despite the fact, as we shall see, that they had no interest in making peace with Israel. So, so the king, uh, the king of the people of Ammon uh, passed on, and his son, Hanun, was, was uh, appointed as king <coughs> in his stead. David And David said, when he heard about this event, a neighboring king passed away, he said, I will do something kind, something good with Chanun, the son of Nachash. Nachash was the name of the prior king. In the same way that his father did kindness with me. 
it's not specified here and it's not specified anywhere exactly what this kindness was. Um, the uh, rabbinic tradition has uh, um, uh, has all sorts of uh, explanations as to exactly what this kindness was, but deliberately the, the verse doesn't reveal what that is. One gets the sense that Ammon was peaceful with David as opposed to many of the other surrounding neighbors. But um, certainly Ammon wasn't certainly peaceful all the time, but it would seem that at least for David it was that way. Regardless, he said, he did kindness with me. I am going to do kindness with him. So in order to repay that kindness, David sent uh, um, a delegation to comfort him, <coughs> to deliver his condolences through his servants. In other words, he sent a delegation of servants to, um, uh, to, to um, console him regarding the loss of his father. And the servants of David came and arrived at the land and in the, in the capital city of Ammon. However, even though they arrived for perfectly peaceful diplomatic reasons, uh, the people of Ammon, uh, the officers, the leaders, the leadership, they advised their king, their new king, Hanun. They said, Do you really think that David is here, you know, sending this delegation in order to, is that what it appears to you, that he's, coming to give honor to your father, because he has sent uh, people to console. <coughs> the purpose of this delegation is really because they want to check out our city, they want to see how strong we are, and they want to figure out what our weaknesses are so that they can attack us and take us over. That's why, that's the real reason why David sent his servants to you. <coughs> In other words, David's um, overtures of peace which were meant, uh, honestly, were, were now being turned into an overture of war. And Hanun took the servants of David, and he shaved off half of their beard, and he cut off their, um, their, their cloaks, their garments, halfway, at their um, their buttocks, and he sent them. So they, he sent them out half naked, half shaven. These were delegates of a delegation from a king to another king, and he humiliated them and sent them out into the streets, into the into the outdoors, with in a very humiliating way. David, and the fact that this had happened was told to David. and he sent people to go and greet them as they were on their way back <coughs> in this state of embarrassment and shame. He sent people to greet them because they were extremely embarrassed. And the king said, stay here in Yericho, in Jericho. That would be a town that they on the way from Ammon. As they crossed the Jordan, they would have crossed and, and came to the town of Yericho, uh, which would be under the dominion of David's kingdom. He said, stay here. But don't come to the capital until your beards regrow and then you can return so you don't have to return to the capital to your positions looking in such a shameful way. <coughs> and the people of Ammon realized that what they had done had made David very angry. So in other words, they, they regretted that they had provoked him 
And at this point, remember, David is at the height of his military might. He had won many military victories in the area, and he was not the kind of guy you wanted to piss off. So Amon realized that David was going to come and attack them. So they needed to get allies. So the Ammonites went and they hired from Ammon, from, from Aram, which is in Beit Rechov, yet Aram Tsova, they hired Esrim Elef Ragli, 20,000 soldiers. So they hired mercenaries, Ved Melech Macha, and from the king of the area of Macha, Elefish, they hired another thousand, Ve'ish Tov, <coughs> and, from, and people from the land of Tov, Shnei Masar Elefish, they hired another 12,000 men. So <coughs> we have here a total of uh, 33,000 mercenaries that Amun hired to uh, strengthen their own armies to defend against what they knew was an impending attack. David, and David heard uh, that they were assembling an army. So Vayishlachet Yoav, he sent his general Yoav, Viet Kol Giborim, and all of the strong soldiers that he had. Amon. So the people of Ammon went out um, and uh, and they set up their battle lines <coughs> outside the gate of, of their capital city. <coughs> and all of these uh, uh, places from, you know, all the mercenaries from all these places, they stood in a separate place out in the field. So you have all the mercenaries out in the field, and you have uh, the, the soldiers of Ammon themselves protecting the gate of the city. Yoav saw that 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 there was a raid against him, a battlefront from the front of him and from behind. So, uh, blocking the way between him and the city and behind him. <coughs> so he made a he took a delegation. He, he split his soldiers in half, and he took a delegation and. Um, Half of them he played he placed to face the people of so those half of the soldiers were facing Aram. Yet yes, Aram and the remaining half, this is verse ten now, Natan Biad Avshai Achiv, he put under the command of his brother Avshai or Avishai, and they were facing the soldiers of Ammon <coughs> who were protecting the city. So Yoav himself is facing away from the city towards all these mercenaries. And Avshai his, uh, was in command of all of the soldiers that were facing Ammon. Fayomer, and he said, so in other words, we're going to be fighting on two fronts here. So he says, Im many. <coughs> If I'm going down and the people of Aram are stronger, are beating me at battle, <coughs> then you will be for me to save. In other words, then you can turn some of your troops in the other direction to help me. And if, the, and if they are stronger than you, then I will go and help you. So this was his 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 um his strategy. Obviously, if if both go down, then they're they're in bad shape. So and therefore, because that that obvious, um, which didn't need to be stated, um, he, he therefore says the following verse, verse twelve. I'm sorry, Chazak. 
Hazak, let us be strong and let us strengthen ourselves in on behalf of our nation, and on behalf of the cities of our God. And then God will do what he sees fit. <coughs> and this is um, them stating that uh, uh, this, this phrase is a phrase that uh, is repeated and is a battle cry that gets repeated in, even in modern times. Um, and uh, there, it's a strengthening call uh, that, that uh, Yoab said to Avishai before facing this battle on two separate fronts. So Yoav went and attacked the people of Aram, and they ran from him. So Yoav chased them off. And when Bnei Amon saw that all of their, their allies from Aram were running, they started running from Abishai, and they entered the city. And Yoav left the people of Ammon and returned to Jerusalem. So they didn't press the attack. They chased the Ammonites into the city. They chased the people of Aram away. But, but the people of Aram escaped into the city, and they didn't press the attack by conquering and destroying the city. And the people of Aram saw that they had been struck down, that they had been bested or clobbered in battle by the people of Israel. So they regathered their forces after they had uh, obviously a messy retreat. Hadad Ezer, and then um, they sent uh, Hadad Ezer uh, sent for um, uh, and he brought other Arameans, you know, of uh, natural allies. Remember, there was Aram Tzova. There was very, there's different portions, areas which uh, correspond with areas in modern Syria, modern Iraq, modern Turkey. That were all the land of Aram, the Arameans, right? So he got some Arameans which were from the other side of the river. Presumably this is the river Euphrates. So from farther away, from farther afield, he brought more of Ayavohu Chelam, and he brought reinforcements. He brought their armies. Vishovech Sar and they were being led by Shovech, I'm sorry, Shovach, who was the, the, um, the commander of Hadad Ezra's army. So now you have, um, uh, they're even stronger. So they hadn't destroyed the, Aram- the Ammonites themselves, and the Arameans, who had initially fled, now have reinforcements coming in. <coughs> so now the situation is getting, getting worse. It's getting more tight, more scary, more precarious for the people of Israel. So now word goes back by Ugadlid Havid, word goes back to David back in Jerusalem, who wasn't here, he was leaving the fight for his generals. <coughs> and David realized he's going to need to get involved. By Yasofet Kol Yisrael, before it just says that he gathered his top troops, right? But now he's gathering his entire army. By Yardain, they crossed the Jordan River. By Chelama, they came to the area of Chelam. And here we now have a big battle between the Arameans and David. And then David was victorious. The people of Aram ran from before the Israelites. And David killed from the people of Aram over 700 uh, riders and 40,000 um, uh, um Sorry, Rechav is, is not riders, is uh, people driving 
chariots, that's 700 chariot drivers, and 40,000 uh, horsemen, you know, cavalry troops. And Shovach, the general of the Aramean, of the detachment of Arameans that had come all the way from the other side of the Euphrates, he struck him down and he died in that battle. And all of those who served Hadad Ezer, who was the leader of the Arameans, um, they all saw, all of the lower kings, the noblemen, saw King Degfulip the Israel that they had been struck down by the people of Israel. And they made peace with the people of Israel, and they became subservient to them. And the Arameans were now afraid to, to come to the aid of the people of Ammon. Ammon is now isolated without any allies against the people of Israel. Now, the, again, the war against Ammon isn't over yet, um, because remember, the, it, the Avishai didn't press the attack when the Ammonites retre- retreated into the city. So the Ammonite army is still intact, but they're much in a much weaker position now because they lost their Aramean allies. So now, in the next chapter, we're going to see when the people of Israel go and attack Ammon. This concludes chapter 10, and we are now set up, again, David just led the people to a massive, another massive major victory, but we saw also David's initial reliance on his generals to lead the, the battle, and he came in at the end when he was needed, but in the beginning, he left it to his generals, and he himself stayed in Jerusalem, and that is going to turn out to be a major problem, which we are going to read together when we study chapter 11. Thank you so much for studying chapter 10 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 11 and, of course, the rest of this book of Samuel.